This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. The maiden voyage of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon in the year 2024. Going to be a wild one as things get underway. Busy day, stacked decks of your favorite Fox friends, your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. The whole barnyard jamboree reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. And we are back from break. Uh, we lost a lot of weight over the holiday season, did we? Right. Well, the point is we're here and we're ready to rumble. We are back in business mode. Put that cookie down now. See, the guy's even here to keep me in shape. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this shindig. You know the rules. Uh, 2024, the same as 2023. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Boom. A lot of news to get to. Uh, I missed all of you. I corresponded with several of you over the Facebook. Some of you were kind enough to hang out with Lincoln and I uh, at Aquashore Stadium in Pittsburgh last Friday. We were out there living it up, watching the Steelers. It was great. It was amazing. And uh, we met a lot of Fox fans over the break. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're going to have a lot of chances to come see me on tour this coming spring, one of which happens to be out in Seattle. We are going to be at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center on Saturday night, April the 5th. Why do I bring that up? Why? Because Fox Across America begins the year with a brand spanking new, sexy affiliate on KTTH right there in Seattle. Oh, girl, take off the apron, Jenny Fela. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. Treating you like a queen. Going straight to White Castle. I kid, but KTTH, Jason Rance, and the crew out there, it is obviously a very high honor to be gracing your airwaves. And the thing I love about Jason Rance and in the limited appearances I've been able to make on KTTH myself is that these are a people that prioritize something called America. Freedom! They're in on the joke that as the country goes, we all go. If the president sucks... We all suck. If the border's overrun, we're all overrun. So the point we're trying to do every day on this show is I am unapologetically conservative, but I am not doing a conservative talk show. I'm doing an American talk show. I'm trying to come at these issues from an angle that we will ultimately all benefit from in the end. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Well, long story short, uh, nobody digging What's coming out of the White House this morning? New year, same old crap. Same old. Uh, Everything is a mess. So as we get underway at our maiden voyage for 2024, certainly our maiden voyage on KTTH, 
Uh, that's the one thing everybody needs to know that will remain on the radar is there's a greater good mentality to what I'm doing here. I'm a former New York City cab driver, probably a future New York City cab driver based on how this show has started here today. But as I get on the air and I look at these issues day in and day out, I'm not looking at them through like, well, what would the Latinx voters think of our position on this issue? Or what are the trans two-gender, you know, two-spirit penguins think of, you know, we're just people. We all have the same needs, okay? We all want to get paid, okay? We all want to get laid. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But bottom line, you want to keep your family safe, you want to make some money, okay? You want to see the country flourish, because that rising tide lifts all boats. And what they're doing wrong in this administration, and it's very interesting today because this polling we're going to talk about, is they're not targeting anyone as a human being. They're all targeting us by ethnicity. They're all targeting us by race. They're all targeting us by gender. Why? Because the era of identity politics meant that we have completely about-faced the Martin Luther King credo of I want to live in a world where we judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. And the Democrats are doing the exact opposite now. Everything is about the color of your skin. So much so that they just want you to believe blanket generalizations about all races are now acceptable again. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. But that's essentially the worldview of identity politics. If you're white, you're bad. If you're a minority, you're oppressed. Never mind that we're living in the most tolerant and inclusive version of this society we've ever seen. What the Democrats are out there doing every day is selling all kinds of oppression. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. A hundred percent, but it's not working anymore. So let me read you this polling as we get underway. And Happy New Year, everybody. I am fired up. There's a lot going on. It's, you know, we'll, we'll get to it. But a, uh, it's a new USA Today Suffolk University poll. Okay, it is out today. It has Biden trailing Trump, which is no surprise. We've seen that across the board. Trump's leading in all the swing states. Okay, Biden, of course, is ahead in the state of dementia. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Okay, but in this latest USA Today poll, they have Trump beating Biden. Okay, and then, of course, they have third-party support going to 17% of the voters. But what's significant is when you look at the minority vote, because this is where Democrats win and lose elections, okay? Biden, okay, who had 87% of the black vote in 2020, 87% of the black vote, is now down to just 63%. Come on, man. Okay, when you look at it with Latino votes. Okay, same thing. Okay, Hispanic voters, which voted for Biden the first time around, okay, Biden is now trailing Donald Trump with Hispanic voters. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. So you understand, okay, the two key constituents that get the Democrats over the top in general elections, which is the minority vote turnout, are now trending against Biden in significant ways. Get him out of here. Get him out. But why are we here is the point. And this is where I say all the time, identity politics is such a fool's errand. It's because they target these people Okay, of specific ethnic groups is if they somehow have different needs than you or me. That is a fact check false. But that's how they target them. Do you remember when Jill Biden went down to San Antonio and called them a bunch of breakfast tacos and said they were as unique as the Bogodas in the Bronx? That was embarrassing. The Bogodas. Uh, Earth to Jill Biden. They're called 
bodegas. Correct the mundo. <laughs> called bogadas. But in the democratic worldview, that constitutes voter outreach. Ah, oh, we'll show up. We'll play Despacito. We'll mention one of their breakfast foods. And then we'll mangle an ethnic phrase for a deli. And we'll get out of there with all kinds of support from the community. <laughs> no, they won't. And that's the biggest problem they're having, whether it's the Latino vote or the black vote. So the Democrats love to get you on TV and be like, oh, it's a, you know, Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing with voter ID. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. But do you understand? That's how they tried to court the black vote. Hey, this is worse than Jim Crow. Asking black people to get a license or a state ID in the year 2023. They're not capable of such things. That's the pitch. Hey, hey, blacks, Latinos, you guys can't do it on your own. You got to vote for us so the government can solve your problems. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. But that's the pitch. And that's why they're losing. Okay, blacks and Latinos don't want to be pandered to. Latinos, people who migrated to this country illegally, legally, do not want to see it evolve into the type of socialist country they fled, nor do the borderless hellholes that a lot of these nations inhabit, with the one difference being nobody wants to get into those countries the way they want to get into this one. You live in the greatest country in the world. You've hit the lottery. You have American privilege. But the reason the Democrats will continue to lose is between now and the election, they don't have the capability. They don't have majorities in Congress that would allow them to, like, change the quality of life here in a meaningful way. So they're going to run out there and spend the next year hyper-targeting ethnicities and telling them the whole world's out to get them. But the problem is it flies in the face of such uh, so much overwhelming empirical data that says in this day and age anybody could be anything. Barack Obama was president twice. The guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Don't be thick, all right? No, but seriously, Barack, we are so far along on race, so far past the point of racism being tolerated anywhere in polite society that we now make up racism just so we have racism to fight over. Hey, he's a nine-year-old kid dressed as a Kansas City chief. That's blackface. Wrong. No, he's actually wearing red in honor of the chiefs. Well, that's... Cultural appropriate. Wrong. No, it's a football game. And regulating what nine-year-old kids wear to football games does not address the core issues that determine the quality of life in this country for anyone. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. And that's the biggest problem the Democrats face. Is if you're trying to win elections, stop targeting us as Latino people, as black people, you know, transgender people, just tolerance, you know, come at us as people because we all need the same things. We all need a job. We all want to feel safe going back and forth, want to be able to afford groceries in our fridge. None of that's happening right now. That's why you get the following report that we got on MSNBC over the weekend. Fascinating stuff. Here's Steve Kornacki talking about Biden's polls. Clip one. How about the Democratic end of things? Joe Biden seems poised to be the Democratic nominee. What kind of year has he had politically? Well, again, he started 2023 coming off those good midterms for Democrats and his approval rating, you know, 4650 wasn't that bad, but it's taken a hit this year. And as we start to close out the year, our final NBC poll had him at just 40 percent approval, 57 percent disapproval. How does this compare to past presidents entering the reelection year? Here you can see it. Here's the 40 that we have Biden at right now. 
These are all the final polls heading into the election year, re-election year that NBC conducted. You just see all the recent presidents. Look, Trump got beat in 2020. He was at 44 heading into his re-election year. Bush Sr. got beat in 92. He was at 52 and heading south rapidly uh, there. But you see how that number compares. That's the lowest. That's the lowest in an NBC poll for an incumbent facing a re-election year. Whoa. Biden sucks. The lowest approval rating in history for an incumbent facing a re-election year. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And, you know, a lot of people feel that way. But Joe Biden's condition isn't what's going to deny him a second trip to the White House. It's the condition of the country. And when I get on the air every day, for real, if you're listening for the first time on KTTH out in Seattle, welcome. Hey, girl. This is a big deal. It's a high honor to be on your airwaves. It's, you know, you took it about a serious, you know, a serious grown-up station. Okay, I started out doing the type of radio where we'd go to commercial and I'd be like, hey, I'd like to try those supplements we were just pitching. They're like, are you crazy? You can't put that in your body? I'm being silly. But the point is, if you're listening to me for the first time, the thing you need to know is, you know, I spent most of my adult life as a cab driver. And if you've lived on the lowest end of the socioeconomic scale, you have uh, experiences that you'll never be able to separate yourself from. I know what it's like to live not without money in the bank, but without even having a bank. On the year my son was born, the IRS audited Jenny and I because they didn't believe we could survive on the amount of money we were making. <laughs> like, we actually went in and they were like, how are you getting by? And I was like, well, I you know, married a very resourceful farm girl. And she was, like, literally making his diapers homemade so we could work around the cost of diapers. And, you know, we had family that helped us out, but we were working. We were driving a cab 84 hours a week, doing stand-up at night, busting my ass, trying to get ahead. But I understand what it's like to get crushed, you know, when things go sideways. When we were driving, uh, you know, driving a cab, you know, we had that crazy uh, big giant spike in fuel prices. That did what for us? Okay, it took the cost of gas from, you know, Something in the low twos, and here in New York City, put it in the high fours. Oh, oh, no, no. Dude, you're talking about $40, $50 a day out of your paycheck as a cab driver, okay, at a time when you're not making money to begin with. I mean, gosh, it's, it's a shame it was like, you know, 2007, 2008, 2009 through that era up to about 2015 uh, when I was a licensed practicing cab driver, you know, because the money I was, my goodness gracious, If that happened to me now, I'd be selling pictures of Jenny's feet on OnlyFans just to make ends meet. And they're not even her feet. It's it's my feet. I just use her profile picture to get by. But the point is, it lures them in. They pay. I know how this government is screwing people right now. Okay? And they can continue to target them as Latinos or black voters. But the government giving you a little pat on the head and saying, we like Latinos or we like black people. And Republicans don't. They're out to get you. Okay, does that affect anyone's balance when they go to the bank? The answer would be no. Does it make it easier to fill up the gas tank? The answer would be no. Does it secure the border? The answer would be no. That's the point, okay? There's so much talk today all over the media as we start a new year in media about Biden's poor polling with minority voters. But the truth is, okay, if you want to be a successful leader in this country, stop treating us like our ethnicities and start treating us like human beings who all have the same needs. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. (gasps) 
Oh, snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Doing the damn thing. 888-788-9910. Really quickly, I'm going to play you a clip from Corinne Jean-Pierre. She is so bad at her job. Well, hear her out because she's basically trying to explain to MSNBC, uh, you know, things aren't working out. Biden's not polling well. But look, guys, look, we've got equity. You don't have a clue. Watch this, clip 10. The president has always, always put uh equity at the center of every policy he's put forward, every legislation that he's put forward, because we understand that many communities uh, have been left behind, have been left behind. We're not trying to do the trickle-down economics. You gotta do better than that. I mean, really. We've put equity into everything. We just, The president puts equity into every, that. But let me explain this to you. Okay, buzzwords. Social justice buzzwords. Okay, do not help people pay for groceries. They do not keep people safe on the subway platforms. Okay, when you're walking down the street, okay, and you've got to watch where you step in places like San Francisco and sadly parts of Seattle because someone went big potty on the sidewalk. Okay, you're not improving the quality of life for anyone by saying, now hold on though. Because those dumps are from people of every race. <laughs> That's like nothing's getting better. That's the point. Equity is garbage because there's no deliverable on equity. And, but at the same time, there's this level of denialism that comes with equity because in this day and age, okay, there is no systemic racism anywhere in America. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, if we were oppressing people, we wouldn't be electing them to the highest levels of office. We had a black president not once but twice who won with overwhelming support from white America. Literally 80% of the white vote went to Barack Obama and he was a terrible president. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But he got elected twice because we just, we don't care about race. Why? Because we're in a fully integrated society. Okay, racism is a byproduct of ignorance, and people hate things, people fear things that they don't understand. But as we integrated the society 50 years ago, we quickly came to realize we're all doing the same thing. And it was absolutely harder for certain races. But we have made so much progress, so much sacrifice, so many people have suffered, so many people have been arrested, so many people have died to get us where we are now, where our country is so tolerant and so inclusive that we have a black female vice president right now who's so dumb she studied for a COVID test. My goodness. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom, there it is. Fox Across America. Back in action. 2024, it is an election year. It is go time uh, in politics and on the phones. 888-788-9910. Marshall, batting lead off in American Falls, Idaho. Away we go. Marshall. Yes. My man. 
Um, I don't think people are talking about this. The six is in. You think? Biden's going to win. Whoa, Marshall! Way to crush yeah. the mood! Oh, you know, I like to rain on the parade here. <laughs> the, deal is, the deal is, is how convenient. Gas prices are coming down. Wow. Yeah. 280, it's 279 where I'm at. Mm. And also that uh, interest rates are going to start coming down sharply starting this year. How convenient. Oh, you're saying so they're, it, they're going to use the power of government to make a more effective pitch for him? Is that what you're saying? That is correct. Ooh. And how convenient the liberal states are starting the first starting yesterday. They increased the minimum wage up to $20 an hour in some states. How convenient. Well, they're certainly going to try to sell that. And they're talking about reparations in my state. Uh, right. Yeah. No, all of the only traditional election year ploys, you are correct, will be deployed. But I, I, there is a, as someone who tours the country, and I'll certainly, I'll be out by you. I'll be in Boise, Idaho. I'll be in Idaho Falls. Um, there will be in Idaho Falls to see you. Oh, there you go. I love this. So, Marshall, but seriously, everywhere I go in the last year, it really was jarring to see how every city has absorbed the same type of quality of life decline. And I think, you know, when you talk about things like gas prices, you know, maybe they stay down. I don't know. Okay, but they're still higher than they were. But bigger than that is I I just feel like there's this pronounced step back we're taking as a country that I think a lot of people kind of want to get away from. And I don't know how Biden overcomes that. Do you think gas prices or interest rates will be enough? This is my opinion. American people are just stupid. They're interested in the short game. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in the long game. They're interested in what affects their pocketbook now. Yeah. So if you give them crumbs and say, mm-hmm. hey, look at the gas prices. Let's say gas prices drop below $2 a gallon mm-hmm. before the election. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Wow. People mm-hmm. go, wow, that's he didn't do such a bad job. Oh, by the way, interest rates are down. Now I can buy a house. Home building is going to go back up again. The only way they can drop gas prices like that is if they were to increase production on a level that made us a net exporter of fuel, which would actually be a long-term win, but it would be a complete abandonment of their green energy policies. So it won't go there. You know, know, a lot of that is predicated on supply and demand. Um, I don't doubt they want to keep prices down. I don't doubt they want to get interest rates down. But if you look at where interest rates are versus where they were, we're still talking about four points, and they're not going to go down four points. But it's interesting. You're not wrong uh, in any of this analysis in terms of their motivation. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So when we see each other, I believe it's in March, we can discuss, we can discuss how this pr- first prediction of the year is aged. And uh, maybe I'll owe you a beer or you'll owe me a beer, depending on how it goes. Okay. Done deal, Marshall. Happy New Year to you, brother. Let's get him. Okay. There he goes. The great Marshall, American Falls, Idaho. He says, you know, they're going to go out there and marshal the resources of the government to get things under control. Now, listen, I don't doubt that they want to court votes by using the power of the government. The problem is the power of the government costs a lot of money to mobilize, which means if Joe Biden's trying to buy votes in the run-up to an election year, you're paying for them. Thanks, big government weenuses. That's how it works. Okay, that's what they tried with student loan forgiveness. Hey, in the name of equity, scam, we're going to have people pay off the loans they didn't take out on behalf of other people who did take out the loans. That's not right. No, for real. 
Okay, student loan forgiveness is not equity. It's bull. That's what it is. Not equity. Hey, here's a bill in the mail from Applebee's for a dinner you didn't even eat. Somebody else went out to dinner a year ago, had a more expensive meal than they could afford. And even though you had nothing to do with it, we're passing that bill on to the taxpayer. That's what student loan forgiveness is, a scam. Okay, and they do, believe me, want gas prices to stay down. They do want interest rates to stay down. But so much of their policies are responsible for this increase that they can't really accelerate the improvement in the quality of life between now and Election Day the way Marshall suggested, in my opinion. Okay, gas so much and so heavily is predicated on the laws of supply and demand. And most of the problems we face right now as a world, forget a country, as a world, are driven and heavily impacted by domestic energy production here in America. Okay, our domestic energy policy directly impacts the stability of the world because when we are the dominant producer, when we are the dominant exporter in our market, okay, that takes the value, that takes the money out from under the tyrants who subsidize all the terror attacks through proxies like the Houthis and Hamas, on ourselves and our allies around the world. If if America, okay, is a net exporter of energy, as it was at the end of the Trump administration, Vladimir Putin can't afford to invade Ukraine. I think he's got a point. Okay, when Trump left office, Iran had $4 billion in oil reserves. You know what they have now? $71 billion in oil reserves. So they've gone up. billion in profit because of our domestic energy policy. And you understand Iran is the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. So they can fund these proxy attacks that you're seeing in Israel. Okay, Iran can do that because of our domestic energy policy. And we ultimately wind up engaging in both sides of these conflicts. We're getting Russia richer. We're getting Iran richer. And then we have to fly in and bankroll the people they're invading. Because of our domestic energy policy, because of the green energy Democrats. They're crazy. They're not even crazy. They're just petulant children. Okay, climate change is white privilege. Just like transgenderism, white privilege. Okay, you have to come from a really rich existence. Okay, to have the luxury of caring what the weather's going to do in 50 years. Okay, nobody I know is a former cab driver in New York City, lives in the hood, okay, who's worried about getting stabbed on the way to the Bogota, as Jill Biden (laughs) called it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'll never forget that. Okay, but they're not worried about what the weather's going to do in 50 years. Rich white people who live on the coasts are. They feel guilty about their quality of life. So they say, well, I don't have to feel bad. I'm saving the world here. I mean, I'm not in practice doing any of the things I'm suggesting. But the fact that I am flying on a private jet from place to place and telling people to stop eating red meat and to minimize their carbon footprint, and then I'm flying out of that locale on a private jet while eating a steak, you understand I'm saving the world. That's how they justify this in their head. That's what John Kerry does, flying around on his wife, uh, the Heinz family ketchup plane, flying around the world with a carbon footprint 55 times the size of yours, lecturing you, lecturing you on why you need to cut back. What a fraud. And why do they do it? They can't control the weather. They just want to control you. Okay, that's their means of attaining power. Bureaucrats have more power in our country right now than elected officials do. It's sad. It's scary. Okay, but bureaucrats, they're the ones, okay, who 
are unelected who are in the actual basements at the Capitol directing national policy. Okay, and when you've got a president like Biden, who's, you know, again, there but for the grace of God go I, but there's no way you watch Biden and think this guy has all his faculties. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, Folks, that guy is not walking into a room of a bunch of 45- and 50-year-old able-minded liberal activists who serve in a bureaucratic capacity in this government and telling them what to do. I agree with that. Joe Biden is not running this show. But when you've got a bunch of green energy lunatics, okay, that currently run this administration, that think they can control the weather... We can control the weather. I mean, really think of that's the pitch. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. That is their pitch. Okay, 10 years ago, somebody told you they could control the weather. You'd put them in a home. You'd be like, oh, this guy's not well. You know, let's get him off the subway. Let's stick him somewhere safe. Now, claiming you can control the weather is a profitable industry. Okay, because you show up and you give your doomsday prophecy and then you pass around the collection plate. Please give us money. That's every one of these doomsday prophets. We're all going to freeze to death. Please give us money. All right, fine. Ten years came and went. We didn't freeze. Turns out we're melting. Please give us money. It's the same thing, man. Then the 10 years comes and goes, nobody melts. And like, well, the problem is climate change. The climate's just changing. You never know what weather's going to do. Please give us money. The oldest running joke in America, in the world, is that, well, you know, weatherman, that's a good job to have. You could be wrong every day and you could still keep your job. That's like an old cliche joke we all tell, okay? But think of it in these terms, okay? It is acceptable parlance. To acknowledge the weatherman doesn't know what the weather's going to do tomorrow. But you want me to believe you can tell me what the weather's going to do in 75 years? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. But that's why, to Marshall's point, so much of the ideology that governs this administration is in the way of them accomplishing the things they need to accomplish in order to put Biden in better standing in the run-up to the election. Uh, But the biggest one of all, honestly, getting past the climate is just law and order. Okay, what we're watching right now with protests, you have a right to protest in this country. You do. But you don't have a right to make me miss my flight. You don't have a right to make someone who's in an ambulance in desperate need of medical care be stuck in traffic for 10 hours because you guys sat down on the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay, but it's going on because it starts at the top. When you tolerate this stuff, you get more of it. You embolden it. It's the same thing with what we're seeing in the Middle East right now. We don't have peace through strength. We have chaos through teleprompter because the only language, okay, that these thug terror groups understand is force. You can't tell them we're tolerant or having a longer pride parade for kindergarten kids this year. God love you if you're a gay kindergarten kid. I'm not disparaging you. But the point is the things we prioritize, they don't respect. What they respect is a missile in the mouth. Yeah, it was date night at Hamas. And I was just sitting on the couch with my lady, and in came a missile right through the tent. They respect that. They don't live long enough to tell you they respect it, but it's the only way you can deal with them. Okay? They don't have your values. But this administration has failed to uphold our values as Americans in so many key areas of society that they're not capable of rescuing themselves. What they're capable of doing between now and Election Day is convincing enough idiots 
that Donald Trump is somehow in the Klan, that Nikki Haley is actually like Hitler's love daughter and she's come back to kill everybody. They can do stuff like that. That's what they're good at. Why? Because it doesn't require a deliverable. They don't have to improve anything for anyone. They just have to say they're going to. Okay, Democrats like to say, well, this country's failing black America. It's failing black America. This country systemically racist is what it is. Okay, fine if that's how you feel. But black America has been voting 85% liberal for 50 years now. So if America is failing black, America is being failed by the government, uh, you might want to point the finger at the Democrats. But they don't bring that part up. Kevin is down in Hampton Roads, Virginia. Kevin! Happy New Year, Jimmy. Yo, man. Uh, Kevin, uh, I am fired up for 2024. I'm predicting big things, and not just my weight, other big things. (laughs) Well, I'm predicting big things, too. And I think Trump is going to surprise a lot of people in these lawsuits, and there's a Mm -hmm. few reasons why. I think he's going to win a whole bunch of them. Uh, We got time to talk about, um, did you hear the news right before Christmas, the amicus brief by Ed Meese, the former attorney general of Ronald Reagan? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I didn't realize that guy was still alive. I'm impressed, number one, just by that. But number (laughs) two, he says this guy, this fellow Jack Smith, is a private citizen, and Mm -hmm. under the law, a private citizen can't prosecute anybody because he's not been confirmed by the Senate. Now, Mm -hmm. if you remember Ken Starr, I was looking up online, he was a special counsel, but I don't think he prosecuted anybody. He just gave information to to the government to do with it as they will. So Mm -hmm. number one, we've got that going. Number two, Alan Dershowitz came out with a little piece that Mm -hmm. I was – you're always impressed when he says something. the the uh, 14th Amendment's got five sections. Yep. Section three is the insurrection part. Mm-hmm. Section five is apparently the part that the Secretary of State in Maine and the Supreme Court in Colorado didn't read. And in it, it says Congress is the one who enforces the articles of that of, of the 14th Amendment, Congress. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, you know, state courts can't do it. Secretaries of state can't do it. But then third... Look at where are they filing these lawsuits? They're cherry-picking the most left-wing jurisdictions in America. But eventually these cases are going to get before, um, you know, higher Mm -hmm. courts, which aren't so partisan. What say you? Uh, Well, no, the Supreme Court's going to leave Trump on the ballot in every one of these states, and they know that. The reason they're trying to do this stuff is the process is the punishment, meaning he's not going to jail for anything. But if they can hang the fact that he's on trial over his head for enough of the election, they're hoping that chaos will drive people away from them. Basically, in 2020, they had the COVID variant. That allowed Biden to not run for president, and the media made the case against Trump for nine months, and lo and behold, uh, through some spectacular confluence of events, uh, Biden wound up winning this election. Uh, Make what you want of the legitimacy of the election. The point is Biden's the president. Okay, understand this time around, they don't necessarily have a COVID variant on the market yet. But this is the courtroom variant. This is designed to make Biden's race shorter. If you've noticed, he's not campaigning. He's not doing events yet. Okay, incumbent presidents, Trump and Obama before him, had already done over 100 public events at this point in their reelection bid. Biden has done maybe two. If you count him lying around shirtless in a beach chair in Delaware as one of them. So I don't know that they plan on ever having him make an effort. And I think they just want to make the case against Trump in the courtroom and on TV. And you don't need a jail. They just need a conviction in the court of public opinion. So I think your analysis is there that he's going to win the trials. 
I think the Democrats, as you were saying, kind of summarize what you were saying. They're the kings and queens of perception, not yep. reality. Yep. And these court cases are all about perception. And number two, it's about provoking resentment. So the Supreme Court comes in and rescues everybody. That They're just going to use that to motivate their base. Aha, look at this injustice Spot that on. the Supreme Court has done to us. But if I could squeeze in one more. I'm going to lose more. you to a commercial break. Squeeze it in next call. Kevin, I love you. We're just getting cut off by a commercial. We're back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to get into more of your calls, texts, tweets, and carrier pigeons in the next hour. Uh, if you're watching the Fallon Vision, you'll see me on with Laura Ingram tonight. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you were watching the Fox News channel at any hour today, you're seeing a lot of promos uh, for my stand-up special, which comes out on Fox Nation tomorrow. It's called Jimmy Fela. They're just jokes. And it's an hour of me taking things Way too far. That's true. That is true. But why am I taking them there in the name of a good time? We got to get this country back to a place where we all know the difference between a joke and a hate crime. The world is on fire. It's not comedians setting the blazes. No, we're the guys handing you a stick and saying, let's roast some marshmallows. So get over to Fox Nation. If you don't subscribe, do it now. You can see me at the Paramount singing the hits. It goes live at midnight. Buckle up, Buttercup. This is not a drill. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And we are fired up for a big hour, a plus-sized hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, doing the dang thing, 888 888- 788-9910. Byron Donald, superstar congressman from the great state of Florida, who attended my show in person. He came to see me at the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Florida. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Stop it. He got a great show. Uh, and you're about to get a fantastic show for the next hour of broadcasting. Wrong. Wow. Tough crowd. Tough crowd in the control room. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this action. You know the rules. As we get back into it, uh, be a Republican, be a Democrat, be a Libertarian, be an Independent. The only thing that we ever, ever, ever ask is that you don't be a <laughs> Boom! There it is. Good to be back in action. I hope everybody had a good holiday season. Uh, but what we're talking about right now uh, is anything but a holiday down at the southern border. Okay, we're getting numbers from our man Bill Malusian that December, okay, saw 302,000 migrants make its way across the southern border. What the hell is the world coming to? Okay, we've been discussing this every day of the Biden presidency. Why? Because Biden sucks. Bingo. Okay, they essentially took a border policy that had cut border crossings by 80% and threw it out the window all in the name of people's feelings. Okay, understand this. Republicans and Democrats both supported border wall funding. Okay, they voted for it under George W. Bush. They voted for it again under Barack Obama. Okay, but when Trump got into office and was like, build a wall, 
They were like, that's racist. What kind of monster? We should be building bridges, not walls. Don't you understand? That's bad. The left weaponizes race whenever they're losing an argument. True story. Because you understand every one of those Democrats had previously supported border wall funding. And every one of those Democrats lives in a home with a wall around it. Oh, wow. Do you think any of the people who like to tell you we should be building bridges and not walls. Do you think any of those people are building bridges that let in any random person just wander onto their property? Of course not. It's clown stuff. (laughs) But you understand that clown stuff is now running the country, okay? And by running the country, I mean running it into the ground, Joe Biden. You have no idea how to defend a nation. It's bad. But if if you want me to give you a statistical... This is fascinating, uh, but... Okay, the number is 302,000 in the month. It's the highest recorded number in history. But do you know how many times we've broken that record under Joe Biden? Just about every month of this presidency. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, but the number of migrants caught and released last year, the number of migrants caught and released into the country, okay, would be enough to fill Yankee Stadium more than 17 times. Okay, 17 Yankee stadiums caught and released into the country is how it went down. But Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. But the problem is, okay, what you'd consider to be the caricature of who's crossing our southern border in previous decades is not the one we're dealing with today. People are now coming across the border from all over the world. It's not simply South American migrants. Now you're dealing with people that are coming from states and in a lot of instances, people themselves that are on the terror watch list. People who came here from regions that are non-landlocked to this continent, meaning they were coming not because they were fleeing cartel violence in the third world or, I don't know, climate change. Do you remember when Kamala Harris conducted a study on the root causes of illegal immigration? and said it was because of climate change? That is a lie. But that's what they ran with. No, you don't understand. They're walking thousands of miles because they're worried about what the weather's going to do in 50 years. That's clown stuff. (laughs) Okay? They're crossing the border. They're walking 1,000 miles. They're migrating here from other parts of the world because they're getting in. That's why. Okay? They're getting in. We've taken our southern border and we've turned it into a college bar that doesn't check ID. And once the word gets out that underage kids can drink in this bar, every single one of them heads there Friday night. That's the southern border right now. Okay, the word is out. You're getting in. Okay, and the people claiming asylum are not pursuing asylum. Okay, they're not fleeing war. Or persecution? How do I know that? Because they're not showing up with their families. They're showing up alone. That is correct. Think about that. Okay, when you're fleeing asylum, when you're fleeing war, when you're fleeing political persecution, religious persecution, you get the family and you make a go for it in a new world, which I completely get, you know, support and respect. Okay, this country was built on immigration, but it was built on legal immigration. And this is where the Democrats have been so divisive when it comes to the issue of border security. 
They like to tell you, well, Republicans want a border wall because they're racist. They don't want them coming into our country because they're racist. But they never acknowledge the fact that Republicans support all kinds of immigration if it's done legally. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. But they leave that out of the conversation and they try to have that reductive conversation that's devoid of nuance. When Trump said build a wall, he didn't say no one's allowed in anymore. He said force them to come here legally. Why? Because the people these third world nations are kicking out or sending our way are the people they themselves don't necessarily want. Cartels are making $2 billion exploiting our southern border. Human traffickers, coyotes. Okay, there is a humanitarian crisis at the southern border that's now become a humanitarian crisis all over this country because the Democrats who supported we should be building bridges and not walls, they had the joy that came from saying that every day without the consequence that came with saying that every day because Trump was the president. Okay, and illegal border crossings were going down and the message around the world was don't come because you ain't getting in. The Remain in Mexico policy meant that people apprehended at our southern border would be forced to stay in Mexico until their asylum case was granted. Now, here's a newsflash. Our asylum courts are backlogged by about a decade. Do you think anybody's sitting around in Mexico for 10 years waiting for the... Exactly. Okay, but now under the current policy, you get court and you wait in this country while your case is eventually heard. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And yes, why is it stupid? Because they're not getting deported. They don't even show up to their asylum case. It's 10 years from now. So the message is not don't come. Okay, the message is don't come, but if you do, we'll let you in. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. And every one of these sanctuary cities and states, Illinois, New York, California, okay, they watched the first 7 million people come into this country under Biden and didn't say a word. Why? Because they were all down in Texas. You are correct, sir. But now that these migrants are starting to be relocated to the cities that claimed they wanted them, all of the Democrats who said, we should be building bridges and not walls, are now saying, get them out of here. Get them out. Okay, and the problem is, and this is the part that bothers me, is the politics are more important than the people. This was a humanitarian crisis a year ago. It was a humanitarian crisis two years ago. Okay, were any prominent Democratic officials even acknowledging it? The answer would be no. Again, they blamed it on climate change, which is absurd. It's an insult. It's laughable on its face. But they're addressing it now because their cities, their infrastructure, their resources are being compromised. Okay, they are affected by it. Ergo, they're mad. Okay, the hundreds of thousands of women being raped a year ago, two years ago, they don't have a word to say about it. Okay, the kids being sex trafficked, not a word. The cartel violence, not a word. The record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths, not a word. But now the poll numbers start to plunge and they're like, hey, what's up with the border? Democrats are so full of crap. But even then, the politics are more important than the people. Okay, the border is an issue because the president left it open. That's why it's an issue. He repealed Remain in Mexico. They fought to the Supreme Court on Title 42. Okay, you understand they would rather talk about pretend problems at the southern border. Do you remember when they told us 
that we had Border Patrol agents on horses whipping migrants? That's what they said. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Think about that. Mayorkas should be ashamed. Okay, but that's what they went with. Why? Because they would rather have a conversation about pretend racism than the real problem they caused at the border. That's how we found ourselves where we are. Here's Brandon Johnson in Chicago, okay, saying Greg Abbott is Jefferson Davis. That's what he's going with on this one. I mean, dude. That was embarrassing. Here it is, clip six. What is very clear is that not only are we providing mental health-related services as well as vaccinations and health screenings, and providing um, medical health care for these families when they arrive, the moment they get off those buses, we're not seeing that same treatment on the border. In other words, there's no health screenings, no vaccinations. That process at the border is absolutely raggedy and and reckless. But we cannot have a governor who decides that he's going to uh, cling to the vestiges of Jefferson Davis when we should be uh, pulling to the hopes and aspirations that were left by Frederick Douglass. We have to have a coordinated response to this humanitarian crisis. We cannot allow chaos to dictate and to divide this country. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Okay, so he's going to the Jefferson Davis Confederate analogy is what he's running with there. Okay, and why are they doing that? Okay, because in the limited mind view of the identity politics voter, you just have to give them the bad buzzwords and they continue to support you. Okay, that's why Chicago is as screwed up as it is. Chicago and Illinois as a whole being a sanctuary state means these migrants, now that we're at a point of overflow, are supposed to go there because according to them, no human being is illegal. Well, now the human beings are there and they're overcrowded. Schools are even more overcrowded. In some instances, veterans programs are being nixed so they can make room for migrants. Playgrounds are being closed so they can make room for migrants. Hotels that would normally be doing business and helping the city thrive downtown now being shuttered so they can use them to house migrants. Okay, this is a byproduct of the border not being closed. But they're going after Greg Abbott. Why? Because we need to target poll numbers because they're a lot more important to Democrats than people are. Meaning Joe Biden could let 50 million people cross the border this year. If every one of them gets stuck in Florida, the Democrats aren't going to tell you there's a border crisis. If every one of them remains in in Texas, the Democrats aren't going to tell you there's a border crisis. But I want you to remember that because it is an election year and the Democrats are going to tell you where the vote, where the party for the struggling people in the inner cities. Really? Are you, though? Because you just told everybody in the inner cities to go screw because their classes are now twice the size and nobody speaks English. Okay, the teachers are overwhelmed. Okay, this is a mess. And they want you to believe with a straight face, we're the champion of the little guy. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. They're not. They're peeing on your leg and they're telling you it's climate change. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wow, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Some breaking news. Harvard's president, Claudine Gay, has resigned. Get her out. Get her out of here. 
seems confident going into her new life. She says the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Uh, if you follow the story, Gay was, of course, hit with overwhelming accusations of plagiarism. Okay. Humiliated the university when she went before Congress and said calling for the genocide of all Jews wouldn't be a problem at Harvard, depending on the context. Wait, what? It doesn't constitute harassment to call for the elimination of an entire race of people? Oh, shut up, woman. And that's essentially what Harvard has finally told her, because there was no context. Okay, and this is the problem with these Ivy League idiots. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're all Republican. Okay, if you're all Democrat, it doesn't matter. Okay, the worst thing you can ever do for yourself is actually surround yourself with no intellectual diversity. Okay, every one of these people who says, oh, we need more diversity, they don't mean diversity of thought. They mean diversity of look. Okay, Harvard is a place that would ban Riley Gaines from showing up to say that biological men shouldn't be swimming against biological women. That constitutes hate speech. But saying as a president of the school that it would be okay to kill every Jewish person out there and that's not hate speech? You are so full of sh- Think about that. Harvard, where they cancel Halloween. Well, that could be culturally insensitive to have people wear Halloween costumes that might necessarily offend other cultures who might not be a part of that costumed celebration. That's culturally insensitive. No more Halloween. Now I got to run. I'm going to the Kill the Jews rally. Okay, that's the kind of thought process that governs Ivy League colleges. Why? Because they're 99.999% liberal. Okay, understand, I am not putting this on every liberal. This is not me getting on the air and saying all the liberals are the devil. We got to own the libs. I don't even want to rent the libs. I could care less. Okay, it's America. We need diversity of thought. But at a place like Harvard, it made sense for her to support this genocide because she herself was hired as the byproduct of identity politics, where the color of her skin was far more important than the content of her character. So as long as she saw the lens through the, through the world through the lens of, well, Hamas has got the darker skin color, so they're clearly oppressed and Israel's the bad guys, that's all she needed to sit down in front of Congress and feel like she was doing the right thing because she's surrounded by people who believe that. They wanted you to believe Israel was committing genocide against Muslims. Israel has two million Muslims living in its country. Okay, if they had a problem with Muslims and they wanted to commit a genocide, they hopped the fence. Okay. Okay, but they wouldn't have to if they wanted to just take care of Muslims. They don't have a problem with Muslims. They have a problem with terrorists. Terrorists who paraglided into their country and killed everybody in sight. This was not about Zionist genocide. Okay, the population in Gaza has tripled since the year 2000. That's not how genocide works. But when you throw around buzzwords like genocide and oppression and colonizers, you wind up getting hired in an academic place like Harvard, a place like MIT, a place like Penn, where their presidents went before Congress and humiliated themselves. They didn't know they humiliated themselves because they were supported by idiots on campus who were like, yeah, that was the right thing to do. Okay, the truth is this is a teachable moment for Democrats in that they should stop telling us we need diversity and they should start pursuing it. 
And I'm not talking about diversity and background. That's everywhere in our society. Have as much of it as you want. But what we ultimately need is competence in every single field. Okay, Harvard's president doesn't have that competence. She plagiarized all her essays. Okay, and they didn't want to fire her because she was black, which was the same reason she was hired, which became a, a you know liability for them in terms of optics. But now she's out the door. Okay, and you can't even get mad at her for plagiarizing speeches because as a Hamas supporter, she didn't know women were allowed in libraries. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? And are we fired up to talk to this next guest or what? Uh, A gentleman who came on under the condition that we would not mention the Florida State-Georgia game over the weekend. Well, he is in luck because there's another college making headlines as he gets onto the show. We are, of course, talking about the baddest man in Congress from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. Representative Byron Donald's back on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, how you doing, my friend? Uh, happy New Year. Now, Happy New Year to you, man. And, uh, you know, we were going to make some chit-chat about FSU, but guess what? The Harvard president just resigned. Did you see that? I didn't see that, so you're the first person telling me such great news in the new year. Uh, I mean, look, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. She was terrible in front of Congress. We all know that. Yep. But then all the plagiarism scandals just kept breaking, and there's nothing that they could do. Then you have you know, a lot of these uh, alums who donate heavily to the college who are basically starting to pull their money. Yep. Like, look, I don't care what's going on in America. I don't care if it's – if you're talking about equity or if you're talking about um, you know, just survival of the fittest, at the end of the day, if alumni start pulling their money – that college president's in trouble. It doesn't matter who the person is or what's going on in the country. There it went. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. It don't make sense. There it is. You still got it, man. Um, Well, well, let's talk about it because it is. It's it's crazy to me uh, that there's this problem on the left really quick, and then I want to move on to other stuff. But there is a problem on the left where I think she made her comments before Congress because that's an acceptable viewpoint for a lot of liberals is to support Hamas in this conflict against Israel. But I don't think there's a moral equivalent that could ever be drawn between what Hamas is fighting for and what Israel is responding to. No, there's no moral equivalency, but I think it's it's even deeper than that. Listen, as American citizens, we're all free to say whatever we want. The government can't cause you to stop speaking. I mean, they shouldn't. I mean, the, this Biden administration, they spy on everybody, yep. and, they're, and they're cutting down people's information left and right. Uh, but the government doesn't have the authority or the ability to suppress your speech. But we operate in the real world. If you say something and your employer or your close network is not feeling it, you have to pay the personal responsibility of that. That's just the way it is. That's always been the way it's been. That part's not changing. I think for her is that what she was saying was just so um, outside the quote-unquote mainstream that even though they were trying to put their their, – their DEI equity lens on it and trying to have a moral relativistic view about what's happening in the Middle East. Most people aren't buying it. They don't want to tolerate it. They're not being a part of that. And I think that you're you're starting to get back to this place in America where people are making moral judgments Mm -hmm. about what is acceptable and what is not, what is tolerated and what is just completely beyond the pale. I think to try to say that, you know, Palestinians or Palestinian students or Palestinian sympathizers could try to put a moral equivalency between Hamas and and the state of Israel. I mean, that's just 
a joke. Yeah, it's not. It's not even close. No, it's it is. It's so stupid. We're talking to Florida Representative Byron Donalds. One of the things they do really quickly is a lot of these protests. It's like they they shut down the Brooklyn Bridge the other day. There is nobody you're winning over to your cause by getting them stuck in traffic for six hours. In the history of the world, has anyone ever said, you know what, I'm going to join these people. They just made me miss a date or a, couldn't get to the hospital on time. I think I'll vote with them. See, Jimmy, now this is why I say New York has changed. Because when I was growing up in the mid-90s, man, you couldn't be stopping the, Brook- the Brooklyn Bridge. Are you kidding me? The gypsy cab drivers would run you over. <laughs> they ain't, sta- they ain't nobody standing still watching you just walk across the bridge, man. You got to stop it. Yeah, the, we- the city's gotten way too liberal, man. I mean, listen, uh, this might sound blasphemous from a Republican, but, like, I miss the Ed Koch-like days. <laughs> like, at least, you know, Ed Koch was a liberal, but he went crazy. Yeah. Like, these people are nuts. They, they, no, and, I, and I think that at the end of the day, when you allow, you know, this radical strain to kind of take over convex, conventional thought, conventional mm-hmm. wisdom, yeah. that's where it's just it's just gone way too far. And I think that's why you've seen a major pushback in polling. You're going to see a major pushback in elections as long as Republicans don't do something stupid. Well, that's a great point there, as I think the best surrogates the Republicans have right now happen to be the Biden administration. Because, like, if you look at the border, I mean, they're making a better case for Republican border policies than Republicans did while they had the problem under control, no? Yeah, no, because, look, at the end of the day, man, sometimes, and this is really unfortunate, but this is also human nature. You don't really think about it until you're dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And so for a long time, you know, the border was under control. Even under Barack Obama, it was nothing crazy like this. Um, you know, it was marginally under control. There's stuff we needed to fix, but there was no desire from the people to be focused on border issues. But Joe Biden is so terrible, and what's happening is so awful. Man, you know, even New York liberals are like, hey, man, can we, like, have that wall thing? That was great. <laughs> Who's that guy? Can he come back and do that? Yeah, um, I could be a part of that now. <laughs> so unfortunate, but that's what happens. Let's talk to Byron Donalds. Well, you brought up Big Don Trump. Uh, here's 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 where I'm at on Big Don right now. I think we've hit a point of desperation in the Democratic Party, and I say that because of all of the shenanigans with ballots in Colorado and Maine. That's the work of a party that realizes Biden doesn't want to come off the ticket. Try as they might. Okay, I believe they've asked Biden to leave, and Biden has told them, "No way, I'm going to beat President Nixon." And they were like, no, Joe, you're not going to be President Nixon. They realize they're stuck with him. And now they're just trying to job Trump off the ballot. I mean, doesn't that speak to a desperation to you when you see how they're maneuvering? Yeah, it is desperate. But, I mean, look, the, the radicals in the Democrat Party, they are desperate. And here's why. Mm-hmm. For 80 years in this country, they've been working through the Democrat Party, working through colleges, working through media, working through all these different uh, aspects of our country, trying to gain control. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, you know, between COVID, between you know, Hillary Clinton and COVID-19, they found a way for this mag- magic elixir to gain control of everything. Mm-hmm. That's... And then people looked at it and said, oh, this sucks. We <laughs> do not like this. Can we get rid of this? And so they are they are scared. 
Because, look, a Trump victory, which, by the way, I think he's going to be the 47th president, Mm -hmm. but a Trump victory, what that does is it completely undoes the administrative state. Like, Donald Trump's not just going to win election and be like, hey, this is great. I'm back on Air Force One. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. He's going to go through the agencies. He's going to go through and have serious reforms up and down the roster. Mm -hmm. This is their entire agenda. They've been working on this stuff for multiple decades in the country, Mm -hmm. and there's a real risk that it can all just be snuffed out because – Donald Trump is just better at this job than Joe Biden was. And I think their their desperation, what's really dangerous is that their desperation really threatens the, the republic. It threatens democracy because you're trying to remove your chief political opponent. Well, then what's to stop you from doing it to somebody else? Yeah. You know, I like, kind of like once you've cut, you know. Once you kind of burn that boat, then it's easier to do it a second time. This is a very dangerous thing uh, that that these radicals are doing. That's why there's disagreements amongst Democrats over this strategy. Yeah, you know that's why like the chief judge in Colorado went against the other four justices on his court, and they're all Democrats. He's like, yeah, man, I don't like Trump, but this is crazy. Yeah, and and you have that going on. And so like I did a Fox News hit a couple days ago, and I was talking just to Democrat voters. So I'm like, listen, some you know Democrat voters, you know, some of them are good people. Mm-hmm. You know, they live life. They love they love the country. They want their kids to grow up and have great opportunities. You know, some of them believe in saving the planet, and, all, and that's all great. And that's all well and good. I want to save the planet, too. But I'm not crazy, <laughs> and they're not crazy. But they have radicals yeah. like Joe Biden and, mm-hmm. uh, and Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. and AOC and Pramila Jayapal. They're crazy. <laughs> and those are the people they got to stop voting for and supporting. No, that's a great point, man. Talking to Byron Donalds in the great state of Florida. What I liken it to, do you remember the arcade game? There was an arcade game in the 80s and 90s called Double Dragon where it was like gang fights. And it was like the first arcade game where you could like hit somebody with a can or a chain or a piece of fence. And that's kind of what the Democrats are playing. You know, it's a very, you know, there's nothing beneath them when it comes to trying to win this thing. And I think it's because of the crazies you just mentioned. So, I mean, there's probably a world in this country where more moderate Democrats, if they had a bigger voice, we'd probably have a better country if we had a better Democratic Party, don't you think? No, I I do. I mean, look, take this lady in Maine, the Secretary of State, right? Mm-hmm. This lady looks like your random, typical liberal lady, mm-hmm. except that she's nutty <laughs> because she goes to all the cocktail parties and she wants to be cool, too. Yep. So better for her to be the same kind of crazy in her cocktail party than realizing that the rest of the world and the rest of the country is just not with you, sis. <laughs> I mean, so I, I think that if you could have a situation where you have, you know, most Democrat voters realize that, hey, that's a little too nuts. That's mm-hmm. too much. You know, that, yeah. that's too much uh, vodka in the eggnog there. <laughs> then you'd actually get a more moderate Democrat party. You actually get a better politics in the country. That's what Because, I think. look, there, there's some Democrats that I talk to on the Hill. You know, I talk to them on, in, about policy. You know, we're apart on some things. We actually agree on some other things. But it's not this constant, toxic you're the enemy of, of, of the people. You're the worst person in the world, to quote Keith Oberman, which I try not to do ever in life. But, you know, if you could get away from that, we can really solve a lot of our problems in the country and it'd be a better country overall. Imagine that. And I'll let you go on this. Did the Donald's kids have a good Christmas? Yeah, man. 16-year-old got a car. So oh. he's happy. Whoa. That's you know, amazing. he got a car, so, you know, now he can drive to McDonald's and drive home or whatever he does. <laughs> um, you know, everybody was good, man. All the kids were home. They That's had good, you know, had good Christmases. It was nice and quiet, so peaceful. Let, let me give you this. So Lincoln, my son, is a big Steelers fan, 
And uh, I was performing in West Palm a few weeks ago at a casino that is owned by the Rooney family that owns the Steelers. Yeah. So we went to the Steelers game last Saturday, and we were actually like on the field with the team. It was pretty rad. And uh, they let you on the field. You stop it right now. You damn right they Man, did. Man, I gotta get my street cred up, America. I mean, I gotta get on the field. I mean, you know, so you roll with you know, me. I, actually, I understand, Jimmy. You, Jimmy, listen. If you've not seen Jimmy live in comedy, America, if he comes to your town, go see. Go see it. You gonna have a great time. I had a great time when you came to Naples. My wife loved it. My friends loved it. We had a good time. A Jimmy Fallon, baby. All He's right. actually funny, not just on radio, like in <laughs> awesome. person. I'll, I'll Venmo you the fifty bucks later. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, that's one hundred and fifty dollars, man. My, what if I say it? You know, people take it seriously now. Stop that. I'm a, I'm a sitting <laughs> member of Congress. Fifty dollars. Don't insult me. All right, uh, buck fifty. It is. Uh, Happy New Year, man. I really appreciate you. Happy New Year, Jimmy. Be well, brother. There he goes, the great Byron Donalds, who was down at the Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples. His district is so nice. And uh, you cannot offend a Naples comedy audience. Believe me, I tried everything. Uh, but they were down to take the ride. It was great. But Byron Donalds, who I love talking to, it was a high honor to have him in my stand-up audience. You walk out onto the stage, sometimes you can see who's in the first few rows. And I saw Byron Donalds. And I was like, oh, shit, better pull my act together. But no, it was funny. Uh, the thing about this show, if you're listening for the first time on KTTH out in Seattle, hey, girl, welcome, okay, is... Every lawmaker you hear on the show is someone like Byron that I've met off the air and hung out with, and I understand that they mean what they're telling us. Okay, these are people who care about the country. These are people that are willing to get on this show with millions of people listening and say, yes, there are some good Democrats. Okay, there are a lot of people in conservative media, and there are a lot of people in conservative politics that are just showing, selling you this one note, all liberals are evil, they're all the devil, there aren't any good ones out there. There are plenty of good Democrats out there, I do mean that, that care about the country. What happens is parties are directed by the most powerful people amongst them, the loudest voices amongst them, which is why someone like AOC has a lot of say. AOC is a dope. She absolutely is. But the only way to make the country improve, as Byron was saying, is to get to a place where we have a healthier politics, meaning we debate issues instead of just assassinating each other's character. Okay, that's the biggest problem facing the country. Nobody talks uh, anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, <laughs> that is what's going on, though. And that was Johnny Carson in 1984. You understand? 1984! And nothing has changed now because that became an effective mantra for liberals. Okay, liberals run on vote for us or people are going to die. You can't tell those jokes at your show. That'll lead to a hate crime. People will get upset. They'll die. That's why they protest somebody like Dave Chappelle. Okay, vote for our climate policy. People are going to die. Support our vaccine mandate. People are going to die. Okay, that's what they do. And then they're like, well, you know, the Republicans are a bunch of fear mongers said the people who told you vote for us or everyone's going to die. You ever seen such negative campaigning oh, in your life? Dirtiest campaign I ever remember. Ever. Okay. But when you sit there and you watch this garbage, you realize, like, we feel hopeless in our politics. We're like, ah, oh, everybody hates each other. Oh, we're so divided. But we're really not that divided in theory because we all want the same things at the end of the day. And we are a few clicks of the combination lock away from the country understanding how to open up prosperity for everybody. 
Okay, good people are out there. They don't get the most media attention. Okay, it's taken me a long time to get where I am because I don't get on the air every day and sell you some extremist take. Okay, I just give you what I think is my best analysis, my best take or instinct for feeling the way I do. And that doesn't always stand out the way the other guys get on and like, you're going to (laughs) die. These libs, the enemy's already here. (laughs) The enemy's within. Like people are doing that all over the radio right now. And I'm like, what are you doing? What kind of mood are you putting people in? Like broadcasters really do need to be more mindful of the impact we have on our audience because our audience takes the mood we put them in and then hands it to the next five people they interact with. And then everybody just goes, ah, the conservatives, a bunch of angry fear mongers. That's what we're known as. And the party we're running against is literally saying, vote for us or people will die. Don't joke about that or people will die. And somehow we come off as the fear mongers. That's the racket. It's such a scam. But the truth is, when I talk to Byron off the air, okay, and I've met him at events, I've met his mom, I've met his family, I've met his kids, he's great, okay? He wants a better America because he realizes that that is ultimately what benefits all of us. It's not targeting us by ethnicity. It's not targeting us by gender or sexual preference. It's just taking the country and making it the priority, okay? Because if the country flourishes, we all flourish. And the problem we have right now is we are fighting every battle except that one, the climate. We're fighting the Ukraine border battle, but not our border battle. Like, it's crazy. Okay, and that's the biggest issue we're facing with, Okay, is that in this current administration, they're fighting all the wrong battles. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. It's the show that nine out of 10 listeners voted the best host on radio. I don't want to say that they were dumb, but they were dumb. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, folks, I'm going to level with you. We only have about a minute. But if anybody can finish in a minute, it's this next caller. Michael, down in Anderson, South Carolina. Michael. (laughs) Talking to my wife again, huh, Jimmy? (laughs) There it is. Bang. My man. Happy Happy New Year Year to the hardest working man at Fox. You have no idea. what's going on? You have no (laughs) idea what's going on. But my stand-up special comes out tomorrow. That I can tell you. I tell you, hey, I have a potential slogan for the new year. Give it to me. No Joe and Ho for 24. What do you think? A little too negative? I, I don't know. Dude, I got to be honest with you. You shouldn't give that away for free. Trump would run on that. You get Big Don on the phone, something about a Ho in 25. Might work. I don't know, Michael. So tonight at midnight, your new special. I can't wait. Oh, it's so a. What I really wanted, mm-hmm. what do you hope people's main takeaway is? From your special, I'd like. I, I just wondered. No, if this is a serious question, okay, it's that we need to learn the difference between a joke and a hate crime. Meaning, like, I'm telling these jokes just so we can laugh and escape our problems. I'm not, you know, it's not a political rally. I'm just using comedy for what it's meant to do, which is help a bar owner sell liquor and help some chubby guy like me hook up with much hotter girls than he deserves to hook up with. Is that too much to ask? No, Michael. I'll see you at midnight. We gotta go. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is, and here we go. Big hour coming up for Fox Across America, an audio safe space for cool people 
where everyone from every political persuasion is welcome on the show. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No man. We say it every day. There is only one rule on this show. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. That is it. That is it. You can be on this show. You can be on it as a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. And that's all we want out of you. It's just a good old-fashioned talk show. Why? Because you live in this country, you hit the lottery. You know, for all the terms you hear, okay, about like white privilege or checker privilege. If you live in this country, you have... American privilege. Correct the mundo. You live in the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet with more upward mobility, more spectacular possibilities for life than any other country in the world. That is a statement of fact. We are the most tolerant country when it comes to social values, when it comes to racism, when it comes to diversity, when it comes to transgender issues. No one is more tolerant than us, okay? Despite what biology tells us, we still play along. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. But if you tell us otherwise, we don't throw you out. We don't attack you. We just get accused of attacking you if we laugh at the position that men are having babies or something like that. But the point is, no matter what you are, no matter what you identify as, black, white, gay, Asian, straight, Pokemon, Pikachu, Mario, Luigi, there is nowhere on earth more tolerant, better to be you than right here in America. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, understand, when I was a taxi driver in New York City, okay, people used to get into my taxi at JFK International Airport and cry. Because they had made it into America. Literally cry because this was a moment they had fantasized about their whole entire life. And it was such a powerful thing to be around. Because I could take them the long way and charge them like 300 extra bucks. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. The streets are paved with gold here. You're going to make plenty of money. Don't worry. Just pay up. No, but the point is, if you live here, you're crushing it. So shut up and stop complaining. Okay, because this country, okay, is really a country where anybody can be anything, where there are less barriers to your success than there have ever been in the history of this country. Yet they're out there selling you oppression. Why? Because if they can convince you that you're oppressed, then they can convince you that you need the government to support your prosperity. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm -hmm. Of course it is. But that's what big government is telling you. Big government does not say, okay, personal responsibility is a must. Big government is not teaching you self-reliance. Big government, do you understand, would consider 2008 Barack Obama a right-wing extremist for his position of, yes, we can. Sure, he presided over the most radical expansion of our government we had ever seen up until that moment. But at least he had a slogan of, yes, we can. Now the Democrats are running on, no, we can't. They're like, you don't have a chance. You ain't paying for college. You ain't paying for daycare. What are you talking about? Let the government handle the whole thing. Legal immigrants are coming across the border. Gavin Newsom now giving them free health care. Okay, is anybody giving you free health care? The answer would be no. No. Stop it. Okay, but you understand that's what big government is. Big government 
is a way to take away people's determination, people's sense of purpose, people's self-reliance, people's can-do attitude. And it's designed to get them to trade that in in return for help from the government. Help that can only raise your taxes. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. And all of this big government spending under the Biden administration is crushing us right now. That's why the economy is good for the elites. There are people making tons of money in the stock market. This economy is great if you're running a drug cartel, if you're trying to traffic humans across the southern border. It's a $2 billion industry. It's a great time to have Biden in office. But if you're a regular guy that's just going to a grocery store trying to pay for goods. This could be a problem. Okay, because everything's exponentially higher. And for all the terms they throw around in the White House, well, it's an equity economy or climate-friendly economy. Okay, none of those buzzwords that resonate with social justice yahoos actually make your quality of life better. Okay, yes, they affect costs. They drive them higher. Okay, when you think about the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act was the biggest climate change bill in the history of our country. What a fraud! And why did they do that? Because they knew they didn't have the support to pass a climate change bill. So they shoehorned their climate policies under a different name. Oh, we've got it. We want to spend more on climate change. Nobody cares. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll give the bill a title they do care about. That's just how white folks will do you. And that's how they did us. Okay. And we spent another $6 trillion on climate change, a policy no one was pushing them to pursue. That is financial lunacy. So as we sit here with the White House being the root cause of inflation, inflation defined by too many dollars chasing too few goods, they created this mess with their post-pandemic response because they knew in that moment the pandemic was their Trojan horse to shoehorn all of their other ideological pursuits into the budget. Well, people want COVID uh, reopening money, so uh, why don't we go ahead and throw some student loan forgiveness in there? Why don't we throw some gender studies for the Middle East in there? Which gender? They do have gender studies courses in the Middle East. And uh, sheesh, <laughs> prices are falling, uh, but not as quickly as the people who enroll in these classes. Right off a bridge. Okay, but we're prioritizing all these ideological pursuits at the expense of things we need to prioritize. Secure the border. Ramp up domestic energy production. Okay, get the government the hell out of our way. You have a chance in this country. Right now, the government is in the way. And sadly, the government is trying to get itself reelected. So here is KJP. KJP goes on MSNBC yesterday, conceivably a friendly fire interview as MSNBC, a full-blown surrogate wing of the Democratic Party. And, you know, you could be listening to this on KTTH out in Seattle. It's our first broadcast and going, well, you know, you're on Fox News. Fox News is just in the tank for the Republicans. Wrong. Do you know how many times the Republicans take shots at Fox News? How many times has Trump taken shots at Fox News? Because sometimes we disagree with him. Okay, because we genuinely, some of us on air who are entitled to our own opinions, will take exceptions to some of the things he says or does because that's who we are. Okay, we're not here in the name of a political party. We're here in the name of a country. The reason Fox News is as popular as it is, the reason our live events sell out all over the place. If you're in Seattle, I'll be at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center Saturday night, April the 5th. Going to be a banger. We sold it out last year. I cannot wait to get back there. But the reason it's so exciting 
okay, when we all get together is because our party at Fox News is America. And contrary to what they might tell you at an Ivy League school, okay, contrary to what they might tell you on MSNBC, people still want to root for this country because most people have the perspective to know we're living in the greatest source of good the world has ever seen. You're absolutely right. Okay, and that's why Fox wins. We root for the country. Okay, liberal networks just want liberals to be in charge no matter how corrupt, no matter how compromised. Okay, the liberals told us that Joe Biden was the guy who should be our president. With a straight face, they said this guy should be in charge. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know the thing. They're like, no, no, that guy, he could do it. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. They, they looked the country in the face and were like, you know what, the world's on fire. We need strong leadership in the Oval Office. Here's the guy. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, and with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, That's your president right now. Okay, does the world respect him? The answer would be no. This is the biggest problem the Democrats have heading into 2024. Okay, the border is worse under Biden. The economy is worse under Biden. Crime is worse under Biden. And the world is on fire. The Democrats need a better strategy than vote for us or we'll throw a hissy fit for the entire next four years. But that's what they run on, social pressure campaigns. We're going to yell until people give us our way. The entire Democratic political ethos is a lemon drop scam. If you live in a big city, you might have heard of a lemon drop scam. It's when a homeless grifter walks around with a pair of broken glasses. And he goes out of his way to intentionally bump into a tourist who's not looking drop his glasses on the ground and be like, hey, man, watch where you're going. You broke my glasses. You owe me money. And the tourist's like, what are you talking about? You walked into me. Cop- Officer, police, this guy broke my glasses. And the tourist is like, oh, God, I don't want any trouble. Here's 20 bucks and just goes away. It's a lemon drop. It's old as time. It's been around the city for 100 years. Okay, but that's what the Democrats do politically. They just walk into voters and start calling you the devil. Oh, the climate, you broke the climate. Vote for me. Oh, racism. The vaccine, you're killing people. Vote for me. That's what they do. It's a lemon drop. Okay, so right now, as the economy is failing middle-class Americans, taxes are up, wages are down, prices are up, wages are down. When people go to the ATM, they have less money. When people go to the grocery store, they come home with less goods. Yet the Biden administration needs to make the claim, okay, that this is working for Americans. Come on, don't bullshit. No, but they do. And here's KJP trying to make the case. Clip eight. Two two words, two words that we're, that I'm going to give you that we're going to continue to do as it relates to the economy is continue to lower uh, lower costs, and that has been at the center of, of Bidenomics. That has been at the center of how the president feels like he needs to move forward. And I'll take a step back for a second. In the last two years, uh, almost three years now, the president has done more more in the last three years than some presidents had done in two terms, Mika, in two terms. I mean, you are so full of First of all, the president hasn't done anything. He spent 40% of his presidency on a beach chair in Delaware showing us his C-cup breasts. Okay. The president has let our border get overwhelmed. He blundered the Afghan troop withdrawal to the point that it emboldened Russia to invade Ukraine and Iran to subsidize every regional terror attack out there. 
Okay, never mind that the whole point of going to Afghanistan was to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. We left with a terror group in charge of the country. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, and they were sitting on our weapons to boot. So Biden has been a disaster. Okay, when he talks to you about lower prices, is anyone going to the grocery store right now and paying lower prices? (laughs) That's the point. But when you are a career politician and the only thing you truly prioritize is getting reelected, you're indifferent to how your policies affect people. Okay, they let this border crisis balloon to what it is. Do you know 30% of the women who cross the southern border illegally get sexually assaulted? So if you tell me 4 million women have crossed the border illegally or been granted asylum, however you want to frame it, 1.2 million of them were sexually assaulted along the way. Do you know every girl that crosses the border illegally above the age of 10? was being given a pregnancy test at one point because of just how disgusting the people are who are trafficking them into the country or having sex with these girls. Okay, that's a humanitarian crisis the White House is aware of. But they're completely indifferent to it happening until it becomes a political liability, at which point they're like, hey, what's up with the border anyway? You know, these racist Republicans and the border and their walls. But when that's what's happening, okay, in our politics right now, they're willing to get out there and just tell you the economy is working, okay? That's what they're telling you. Oh, that's working. And they don't care that it's not working. They don't care that you're getting screwed. They just want you to believe it's working so you'll vote for them. Their power, more important than your prosperity. Now, here is KJP flat out admitting it's going to take a little time for the Bidenomics to kick in. Clip nine. Look, we understand what the American people went through these past three years, right? We came out of a pandemic, right? A pandemic that we haven't seen in a hundred years. And when the president walked in, the economy was upside down. And so we get it. We get that it's going to take a little bit of time for folks to feel what the Bidenomics has been able to do. That's not something that I'm saying. That's something that economists have said, right? It takes a little bit of time. But doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that the president's not going to continue to work. You suck, you jackass. <laughs> so funny. Takes a little time to feel the effects of Bidenomics. No, it doesn't. I feel the effects of Bidenomics every time I go to the grocery store. Every time I go to the gas pump, I feel the effects of Bidenomics because they've driven the cost of everything higher. And now the case is what? It's basically they see the poll numbers. You know when a woman's walking out on a man? The man starts to make big promises. Oh, baby, I was going to take you for a cruise around the world. Baby, why you got to leave right now? I was going to get you that jewelry, girl. That's the Biden administration. Oh, baby, it just takes time. Baby, don't go nowhere. Economy going to get better. You'll see. No, the economy is not getting better. It's getting worse. But they're continuing to sell you on this idea that they deserve another turn at the till. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Brian Bremberg is going to be joining us in the next break. Co-host of the Big Money Show and expert on the economy we do on this show take the issues seriously we just don't take ourselves seriously why would we do you think people would be showing up to all of these stand-up shows that i'm doing around the country if it was just me giving you like serious partisan lectures that sounds awful you get enough of those during the day 
But uh, here is the March schedule, if you didn't hear it. Uh, Friday, March 1st, we're in Idaho Falls, Idaho. Saturday, March 2nd, we are in Sacramento, California. Gavin Newsom's coming to the show, according to them. Friday, March 8th, we're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Saturday, March 9th, we're in Ponte Vedre, Florida. Uh, Then Friday, March 29th, we are in Helena, Montana. Saturday, March 30th, Spokane, Washington. Friday, April 5th, we are in Federal Way, Washington. Saturday, April 6th, Boise, Idaho. And Saturday, May 18th, Boston, Massachusetts. That is the first leg of the Everybody Calm Down Tour. Why is it called the Everybody Calm Down Tour, Jimmy? It's because as a guy who travels the world, who works in media, is all over the TV and the radio, it seems that everybody is out there on the verge of snapping. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Exactly. But our show, which has been a force multiplier of positive energy everywhere it's gone, is actually making a positive difference in the world because we're cool. We don't have all the answers. We don't think we're better than anybody else. We just don't run on anger because nothing gets accomplished on anger. Nothing gets accomplished running on high-octane, angry, confrontational energy. One of the craziest stories I've ever heard Ari Fleischer, who was the White House press secretary under George W. Bush, who was aboard Air Force One when it was literally the only plane in the sky on September 11th, 2001. Uh, He famously had told me on the show, I said, were you guys like freaking out? What was the mood? Was it a scramble? Was it madness? And he said, man, it was the calmest thing I've ever been a part of. Because when the stakes are that high, you don't have the luxury of making emotional decisions. You just have to level out. And really, really focus. You know the guy who tightroped across the World Trade Center, Philippe Petit, when it was first standing in the 70s? Same thing, okay? He was calm because you execute better when you're calm than when you're ready to, you know, knock somebody out. So when you hear us on the show every day, we're fun. We're having a good time. Even if we listen to some of your ideas and say to ourselves in our head, Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Did we ever? And we are coming at you with new sneaker energy on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Because uh, prior to making it into the Fox News Death Star this morning, I spent a little time at the old Nordstrom rack. Found a shiny new pair of, like, custom Converse. Do you remember being, like, 10 years old and being in middle school and getting a new pair of sneakers? Everything in the world was better because of those shoes. Joining us now, a man who knows all about new sneaker energy, the host of The Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network. Brian Brenberg is here. Hey, man. You you walk in with the new shoes, and it's like the energy just runs up through you to your brain and your (laughs) ego. And then you walk in, you're just like, that's a new me. What do you want? (laughs) Can I tell you my two best pairs of new sneakers? energy yes. okay there was a boston celtic named d brown who oh. won a slam dunk contest in reebok pumps loved it. i had the first black pair of reebok Come pumps on. i had ever seen in seventh grade with but, the basketball yeah yeah, yeah. They had a little pump on it you pumped it up and it basically you know what it was like it was like getting your blood pressure taken on your foot <laughs> <laughs> that's 
what it was. I didn't actually find that it improved it performance. It had no discernible Nothing effect on your ability to play, but, by but the your way. Your shoe could do something. This is what started like Bob's furniture. You know how Bob sells a two-for-one microwave couch <laughs> with a lawnmower blade sharpener yes. built in? I'm like, Bob, I just want to watch the game. He's like, oh, well, you'll watch the game and do your taxes with my new TurboTax carryover, W9. So true. Yeah, love seat and sofa. But uh, it was a pair of Reebok pumps that started this journey for me. Uh, but prior to that, so my the late great Al Perillo, my uncle Al Perillo, owned a Buster Brown shoe store. And Buster Brown also sold pro-keds. Oh. Keds, which if such a thing were possible, were the lower market Converse. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a Converse, which retails at about $27 right. at the time. We were getting the bargain version of the $27 Dude. pair. That's the kind of heat I come from. Uh, but I got a pair of Velcro Keds. They were all Velcro white kids, shiny as heck. This was fifth grade. And at the time, I thought it was cool. It was really my parents just being like, this kid doesn't tie his shoes. No, yeah, the Velcro was so underrated, too. Those were good days. when they, you could, yep. Remember the ruse that had the Velcro yes. pocket on Yeah, the they had side? a pocket like a kangaroo. Freaking sweet, because you'd find like a dime on the ground and be like, I'll put it right I'll here. Put it right in my ruse. Right in the bank here. Let's see what happens. <laughs> my shoes do things besides walk. The show, that was the original iPhone. You know how the iPhone does everything except make That's a phone right. call? That's right. Like, you're not going to believe it. You can walk in them and you can store stuff. <laughs> Storage. See, a cloud, the original cloud Imagine on your foot. If you could tell somebody, no, no, in 20 years, we're going to have a phone that can, you can control your garage door opener on this phone. You could program your VCR. You could watch a movie. You could order food. You could watch it dirty. You do anything on this phone. You could buy a song on the highway at 83 miles an hour. <laughs> I like that song. I hit a button on my phone. That's I right. now own it. You could do everything on this phone, but we'll never talk on the phone again. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? It is. That the most sophisticated phone of all time ended phone conversations? It, it, it did. It went out to kill the phone and do everything else, and it won. Imagine if the movie Weird Science ends with them being gay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they built the perfect woman. That is so, they were so I just horny. saw somebody reference that, that movie. I forgot about they that. They built a, a woman so good, they were like, no more women. That's what the iPhone is. We oh built the phone so good, so we true. quit using phones. It's Madness, so Brian true. Brendan. You are just, you're brilliant, man. Well, stop the it. The new shoes have brought a level of brilliance to your <laughs> show. I was, uh, listen, a lot of people who from time to time inquire about where I get my fashion that they see on TV... Need to know, though, this week right now, if you're buying jackets, retail, go to the mall right now. I don't care what state you live in. They give away winter fashion right now because they'd rather sell it to you 70 percent off right. than pay someone to restock the shelves. So I buy winter jackets this week. I bought six jackets yesterday. Six jackets. I, I promise you I didn't spend two hundred dollars. And I'm not, you know, I didn't even wear them out of the store under my jacket my like the God. old days, like the taxi driving days. Hey, there's that guy again who always steals their coats. Let him. It's cheaper this way. He wears them on TV. Listen, folks, I was getting recognized in stores before I was on TV. <laughs> you got to watch that now. Yeah. You got a reputation. No, no, I got to pay for the jackets. It's not cool. Oh, come on. Well, if other people are taking up shoplifting in this economy, I can't blame them. I want to pivot. Uh, so KJP, this is the poll quote. I'm sure it surfaced somewhere on the Big Money Show today that, uh, you know, we just need time for people to see how good the Bidenomics are for them. Okay, they're going full Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane sang a song called Love Takes Time to Heal. It might have even been Mariah Carey. I, don't, I think it was Taylor Dane, but whatever. Let's go with Taylor Dane because that's a better, like, obscure reference. <laughs> Taylor Dane, for sure. Well, don't rush me. 
Uh, that's another Taylor Greener for, for those of you under 45 in the audience. Uh, but but is that is is that the problem? Or are we just being too impatient as Americans? Well, they've been kind of going with this Bidenomics is a fine wine argument for oh, a while man. now. It, it, and KJP is not the first. But um, if if it was if there was some juice in Bidenomics, we would have seen it by now. Oh. It would have it would have shown up already. It, this does not get better with age because. They're throwing money either at things people don't want or they're preventing you from buying the things that people do want. And neither one of those things, the longer you wait, get any better. Because that's true because that's where the passion is. If people want a car that's powered by gas and you're making it harder for them to do that. Yeah. So how do you drive the economy? We have a president that's treating us like we're a cat they're training. They have a squirt gun. Whenever we try (laughs) to do something we like, they're like, nope. Nope, no gas car, no gas stove. <laughs> like that, that, that doesn't work well. If you did the opposite, which is you said you can buy the things you want yep. and you don't have to buy the things you don't want, mm-hmm. you would get immediate benefit. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but if you let people <laughs> buy the things they want and they don't have to buy the things they don't want, they'll probably spend a little more. They'll be happier They'll feel better about the economy, and there's a virtuous cycle there. Yeah, think about that. Brian Brenberg is in studio um, making it look easy. And by it, I mean this show getting canceled. I kid. You do great. Uh, it's like a reverse shopping spree. Remember those game shows where they're like, all right, you're in Toys R Us. you got five minutes. Yeah, throw whatever you want in the car. Yeah. yeah. Now in this administration, they fill up your cart <laughs> and hand you a bill. When you you wait in the parking the- lot. <laughs> We're going to go in there and buy a bunch of things you're going to love. Promise you. We'll come out. And we'll give them to you, but then you got to pay for them. What do you wait? What just happened? Yeah, this is the worst game show ever. That's no, what but it that's is. but that's I know that's Bidenomics. That's why it can't. It, it that model doesn't get better. It only becomes more extreme because consumers rebel, and then the then the government says, "Well, they're not playing ball with us, so we got to do more. Like we yeah. got to throw more subsidies out there, or more prohibitions." Yeah. and it just keeps going in that direction. Yeah. This is the old, you know, the old coffee mug. The beatings will continue until morale, morale improves. improves. That's right. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what we're watching right now. It's, it's gra- crazy because we are in an election year. I don't know if you heard. No. <laughs> what? I know. I got to go. But, I know. But knowing we are where we are, okay, and there's nothing's getting done in Congress between now and then. They yeah. don't really have a deliverable. So it is going to be a messaging battle. And because the messaging battle isn't working uh, in terms of selling people on the economy – I'm afraid they're going to go back to trying to sell us other things like, you know, all the racism and identity politics garbage. For sure. I mean, and look, I mean, if you want to talk about that, I think the the next like thing that's going to be sold is Supreme Court again. Yep. Because this challenge from uh, Colorado and and Maine is going to go to Supreme Court. Supreme Court's going to do the right thing. And they say, "Ah, here's how the 14th Amendment actually applies. Not like you did it. Yep. Uh, And he can be on the ballot. Yep. And and then the less like, great, this is the gift we needed because now yep. the Supreme Court's the issue. See, this is a Trump Supreme Court, mm. and if you don't like this Supreme Court, you need to get out of it. That's what they want. That's yep. the point of the whole thing. Yep. It's not about the ballot. Yep. It's about what the Supreme Court does and how you can leverage that as a campaign issue. Wow, I'm telling you, man, Brian Brenberg. I got. I don't even have new shoes on. He's just near the sneakers. He just if you just, just come near them, I can them, see them. 
The Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Shoe. It was originally about a shoe. A lot of people don't know that. It was not a dream coat. It was a dream shoe. Nobody talks about it. But no, you're right. Uh, that's where we find ourselves right now. And I've been trying to brace the audience for this. You know, the biggest thing you can do as an American in the next year is be cool. Just be a cool person. Believe what you want. Vote the way you want. But be cool. Because there's going to be so many people who try who benefit from not being cool. Right. From inflaming tensions. That's the whole hook of, I think, this show and anything we're doing in stand-up or on TV is uh, we have to be able to have these conversations without it descending. This is a, listen, listen to this clip. This is going to blow your mind. This is from uh, a, a late-night host, okay? Nobody talks oh. anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean, <laughs> That's 1984, right. Johnny Carson. Yeah. Okay, if, if he felt frustrated with no one talking <laughs> about the issues in 1984, right now, not only are we attacking the politicians, we now attack the voters. Like, Joe Biden literally bathed himself in red lights and said the Republicans are a bunch of semi-fascists. Right. right. Like, we're past the issues. It's, you know. You ever seen such negative campaigning in your life? Dirtiest (laughs) campaign I ever remember. I mean, that's (laughs) 1984. If they could have lived to see That was puppy dogs and lollipops compared to this. Yo, Reagan Mondale. That's what we're talking about here. I'm not going to make my opponent's age an issue in this. I mean, here, this is the thing, like, really, what a what a republic needs is citizens who can think beyond stage one. Yeah, like you just have to. And everybody can do this if you're using your head and you're, it's not always about your gut or your heart. But you're just saying, where does all of this go? Yeah. Where does it how does it all end? How mm-hmm. does it play out? If you're just thinking that way and this is where it comes back to Bidenomics, you, you realize this this does not end in prosperity or flourishing. Yep. It ends in tyranny. It, ends, it, it starts as government control. It ends in tyranny. Just play it out and mm-hmm. then say, who's got something that if we play it out over three, four, five, ten rounds yeah. actually works? That's-, That's the key to judging politics. And what you realize is it's, it's actually simple. And the less government does outside of its main functions, the better. Yeah, thank you. And that's the part. I mean, if we're quoting Reagan, that's an iconic Reagan quote. Government's not the solution to the problem. Right. Government is the problem. And that's the part they get wrong. Because I was, I was on Varney this morning. It's the one Fox business show that booked me this week. I don't know what's up with the other shows. I can't, I can't, I can't. Sorry for them. Uh, I don't anyway, know. You know they're lost. a tough week. Me and Varney. <laughs> Empty in the bench. Uh, <laughs> me and Varney were doing our regular Tuesday hit. Thank you. And uh, we were talking about how Biden is losing massive support with Latino voters and black voters. Yeah. And the reason they're losing that support is because they're not treating them like people like what i mean by that is they're pandering to their race and their identity yes but the reality is if you just put forth policies that help any race they help every race and that's yes. the part they're getting wrong i mean it's like hey we you know we have to we live a life too we're not just a block of people no. with certain physical characteristics no. uh, like we buy things we work we nope. have families they, they think they just vote all they do is vote well we're gonna fly in every say every you know four years and we're gonna call them breakfast tacos they'll vote for us and go home it is it's so demeaning. Yes. I mean, think about it. Think about when they tried to call Georgia voter ID laws Jim Crow on steroids, with the premise being this was more restrictive to voting rights. Yeah. In the year 2023, yeah. where you can't, you couldn't do a single thing in polite society without a, an ID. Okay, it doesn't even mean a driver's license. It just means an ID. Right. Can't get on a plane. 
You can't open a bank account. You can't pick up your tickets at the ball game. Who, by the way, you, you can't get a ball game ticket yeah. unless you're giving away. Yeah. You, know, you got to have the ID. And there is nothing you can do in polite society. So the idea that saying an entire race of people will be disenfranchised if they're asked to present ID, and again, okay, it ultimately resulted in the highest voter turnout in the history of the state in Georgia. But that's what they're running on which, fake oppression, which never, ever, ever gets discussed never none of the people who said jim eagle or jim crow whatever (laughs) none of them ever say you know actually as it turned out way more people voted think about that i was i was wrong think about do you remember the best part of the whole thing is they did ask stacy abrams about that and uh she goes well it doesn't mean it's not happening Definitionally, actually. <laughs> well, it says you said uh, it was going to be voter suppression. Stacey Abrams is full of <laughs> no, as a wise man once said. But you said it's going to be it's voter suppression. We have a higher turnout. Well, just because the turnout's higher. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but as they turned out, they felt very suppressed. So there was a lot of suppression there. It's oh, a, I get it now. It's such a scam. I'll give you my two highlights of the holiday break, and then we'll go. Okay. Uh, the one you know about, which is me and Lincoln going to the Steelers game. Amazing. Uh, Steelers won, scored 34 points, which is, if you've been watching the Steelers, they don't score. Mm-mm. But the last two weeks, Mason Rudolph got him a 34 and a 30, a combined 64 points and just you know me and the link man watching football always great but the Steelers the Rooney family specifically uh, great hosts that was epic as you'd imagine Unreal. being on the field all Unreal. the fun stuff the so players cool. the idea that people there know who you are though is horrifying because it's one of those things I always say this about traveling in this country if you see me in an airport you guys and you recognize me, identify yourself before I start drinking in the Chili's bar. <laughs> I want to know how I need to behave. If I don't want to be getting dragged out by the arm and you're like, Jimmy, Phil, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm doing better. Okay, I'm doing better. But the point is I'd like to know ahead of time. Uh, but the other one, I don't know if I got to tell you this story, but on Christmas night, the way our Christmas works is Christmas Eve is at my mom's. Christmas Day would be at my Aunt Fran's, my mom's okay. sister or okay. her daughter. My cousin Di hosted it this year. And then when that is over, like at the diverse at the dessert phase around six PM, me, Jenny, and Lincoln and Bixby the dog get in Jenny's Dodge Ram and hightail it out to Ohio. So we're on the road from about six PM to about you 3 guys leave that night. Christmas night. Oh, okay. Wow. Belly full of Christmas food and cookies and everything else. Oof. Nine hour cannonball run, here we go. But oh. the perk is you're the only idiots on the road. And you have Christmas music to listen to for about two hours, and then you'll never listen to it right. again. For it, you're like, ah, <laughs> you've heard enough, okay? But it's a great time. It's a great time, and we barrel through, and we're so, um, uh, what's the, I'm, we're delirious because yeah. the middle of the night we haven't slept. We're out in the middle of nowhere on Route 80, and it actually becomes really funny, and we start giving each other a hard time, and everybody's <laughs> a little kooky and out of it. So anyway, okay. The way this works, because we are professional travelers, okay? Like, when we make a stop, like, to get gas, we are back in that car in about four minutes. I'm not kidding. Somebody gets out to pump the gas while two people run in and pee, yeah. okay? When they leave what Lincoln has been calling the snack bar since he was two, he loves the snack bar, they leave and give the gas pumper their, their junk food order. Uh-huh. At which point he runs in to pee and pay for their junk Love food it. while they finish pumping Efficiency. the tank of gas. Do you follow this? I, I'm amazed. So two different parties pump the gas. Parallel process. Thank here. you. Okay. So it's 2 in the morning in this instance. We're just going to a rest area. No gas involved. You know those rest areas on state highways where there's just a vending machine and bathrooms. Oh, yeah. There's no stores. There's no nothing. Okay. A couple of picnic tables. Brochures. Boom. So we get out at that gas station. Okay, that gas station, that rest area. Anyway, there's no gas station. My job is to let Bixby run around. Their job is to pee. 
Okay, Bixby goes and runs around. As I get him back in the Ram, it's my turn to go pee. Unbeknownst to me, Lincoln has left through the back door of the venue. I didn't know they had back doors. Uh So as I walk into the bathroom and hear a rustling in the stall, I assume it's Lincoln. (laughs) This is so great. I go, how you make it out in there? And I hear, not bad. (laughs) Who does number two work for? (laughs) It's a guy I don't even know. (laughs) Happy holidays. The point is I'm, I'm now married twice. His name is Stanley. We're back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. Maiden Voyage on KTTH out in Seattle. We did a bang-up job. Ah, come on. Not a tough love in the control booth today. We had fun. Uh, if you want to see me do this live on your television tonight, I will be on the Laura Ingram angle uh, at 7 p.m. on the Fox News channel. You can pre-order my book, Cancel Culture Dictionary, at foxnewsbooks.com. It comes out January 30th. We have been reliably informed that we'll be on the bestsellers list when we debut. We're doing really well, so thank you for that. But more importantly, tonight on Fox Nation, my stand-up special, Jimmy Fallon, They're Just Jokes. It drops on Fox Nation. This is a chance for you to see me in my natural habitat. This is what I come from, stand-up comedy. You know, I'm kind of a feral cat, and Fox domesticated me. They brought me in the house and taught me how to get along with humans and not claw the furniture or pee on anybody. Well, stand-up comedy is my chance to get back out of the house and behave like I would in the wild. Nuts. And uh, it is a no-holds-barred, completely uncensored hour of my stand-up. I can't promise you I'll be employed tomorrow, but I can promise you a good time. So check it out on Fox Nation when we're back here tomorrow to do it again, girlfriend. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.